Hey y'all, Eve's here. We're doubling up today with two events in history. On with the show. Hello, welcome to This Day in History class, where we dust off a little piece of history every day. The day was May 26, 1914. Frank Benjamin Manning was born in Jacksonville, Florida to Jerry and Lucille Hadley Manning. Frankie would have a long and storied career in dancing, choreographing, and teaching, and he would become known as an ambassador of the Lindy Hop. When Frankie was a child, he had many experiences with dance and music. He danced while his family and friends played instruments at his uncle's farm after their work was done for the day. And he would go to parties with his mom and watch people dance. By the time he was 10 years old, Frankie was dancing on his own at home. But his mom told him that he was too stiff to be a dancer. That comment sparked Frankie's interest in dance. And he began practicing to music and studying dancers at ballrooms and private parties. Frankie and his friend Herman Jackson were going to social dances pretty much every week. And they started getting better at dancing. One dance Frankie would attend was at the Renaissance Ballroom. While he was at the Renaissance, he saw people doing the Lindy Hop. The Lindy Hop is an energetic dance that originated in Harlem and was popular during the swing era in America. It has elements of Black dance, like improvisation, and of European dance traditions, like partner dancing and embraces. The African-American vernacular dance evolved out of the Charleston, the Collegiate, and the Breakaway. When Frankie was about 15 years old, he and his girlfriend did the Charleston, a fast-paced dance that involves swinging the arms and quick foot movement, at a dance. People started throwing money at them. Frankie considered it the first time he was paid as a dancer. Frankie soon heard of the Savoy Ballroom, which opened in 1926 in Harlem. The Savoy was a jazz nightclub, and it was one of the few public spaces that was racially integrated at the time. Many dance styles were developed at the Savoy, and the Lindy Hop was the staple dance there. Frankie took his first trip to the Savoy when he was around 19 years old. He began watching people dance and trying to learn from them. But soon, Herbert White asked Frankie to join his dance troupe, Whitey's Lindy Hoppers. That gave Frankie the privilege to get in the Savoy for free and practice when the ballroom was closed. He began refining his own style of the Lindy Hop while he danced at the Savoy. In 1934, Frankie and his partner Hilda Morris won a contest and performed shows for a week at the Apollo Theater. The pair began to tour as dancers. As Frankie had more success as a dancer and became known for his unique aerial moves, his professional dancing career gained steam. Frankie and Whitey's Lindy Hoppers performed around the United States, France, England, Australia, and New Zealand. They performed in Singing in a Dream on Broadway, the film Radio City Rebels, and the film Hell's a Poppin'. They toured with legendary jazz singers Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald. The troupe was invited to South America to tour. While they were in South America, the U.S. entered World War II. Frankie was drafted in 1943. After the war ended, he did not enjoy as much financial success as he had before. 
He still performed in a new troupe, and he toured with big names. But the music and dance scene in America had changed, and the Lindy Hop was not as popular. Late in Frankie's life, as a swing revival popped up in the United States, he began touring the world, teaching people how to Lindy Hop and how to teach the Lindy Hop. He also began working as a choreographer and won a Tony Award for his choreography in the musical Black and Blue. Notably, Frankie worked on Spike Lee's 1992 biopic, Malcolm X. He died in 2009 at age 94. I'm Eves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to learn more about Frankie Manning, listen to the two-part Stuff You Missed in History class episode called Frankie Manning and the Lindy Hop. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at T-D-I-H-C Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast that brings you a slice of history every single day. The day was May 26, 1897. Bram Stoker's novel, Dracula, appeared on bookshelves in London. While Stoker was working for the Irish Civil Service, he became an unpaid theater critic for the Dublin Evening Mail. In 1876, Stoker met Henry Irving, an English stage actor. He was considered to be an inspiration for Dracula's character. By 1878, Stoker had moved to London and become acting manager at the Lyceum Theatre. By this time, he had published several stories, including The Crystal Cup, published in 1872, and The Chain of Destiny, a horror story published in 1875 in a newspaper called The Shamrock. Stoker's first novel, The Primrose Path, was published in The Shamrock in 1875. He didn't publish his next novel, The Snake's Pass, until 1890, but Stoker didn't get a ton of attention for his writing until he wrote Dracula. In the summer of 1890, Stoker went to the subscription library in Whitby, England, and requested the accounts of principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia by William Wilkinson. Wilkinson was a former British consul to Bucharest. Wilkinson's book is most likely where Stoker encountered the names Dracul and Dracula, which were names for father and son rulers in Wallachia in the 15th century. Stoker noted that Dracula in Wallachian language means devil. While in Whitby, Stoker also stopped at Whitby Museum and Whitby Harbor, where he spoke to members of the Royal Coast Guard about a mysterious ship named the Dimitri that had run aground there several years earlier. In the book Dracula, Stoker named the vessel that carries the vampire to Whitby the Demeter of Varna. In his notes, Stoker lists more than 30 books that he used as sources for his novel Dracula, and he went on to research Transylvania and other topics for Dracula for the next several years. One of the original working titles for Dracula was The Dead Undead, then simply The Undead. The play version of the story was presented at the Lyceum Theater on May 18, 1897, consisting of a dramatic reading carried out by members of the theater's resident company of actors. Only a couple of people paid to attend the performance. In his manuscript, Stoker presented the story as true, 
but his editor rejected this presentation and wanted to publish the story as fiction. The first 101 pages of the manuscript were cut. Dracula was first published in the UK by Archibald Constable and Company on May 26, 1897. The novel is mainly written in the form of diaries and journals kept by the main characters. Count Dracula is a Transylvanian vampire who travels to England to get new blood and turn people into vampires. In the end, Dracula is killed. The novel didn't fly off the shelves or make Stoker a ton of money, but it did get good reviews. After Dracula, Stoker continued to write gothic and fantasy fiction, but none of the novels that Stoker later published achieved the success that Dracula did. Stoker died in 1912. Nosferatu, a silent film released in 1922, was an unauthorized adaptation of the novel. Florence Balcombe Stoker, Bram's widow, sued the film company for copyright infringement. Since then, Dracula has grown in popularity and inspired many other films, plays, and TV shows. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.